is where everything begins, begins again. Welcome to the Mid the Pines podcast, a place where Grove City College alumni and faculty give voice to their unique stories, contributions, and accomplishments. Our community is blessed with many individuals who are often recognized for their proficiency, purpose, and principles, all celebrated hallmarks of the distinctive Grove City College education. Learn more about their God-given callings and the work they are undertaking for the common good. These are their personal and professional stories. Hello, this is Joni Baumgartner with Grove City College. Welcome to the Mid the Pines podcast, where today I'm talking with two women whose friendship has taken them from Grove City College to Northeast Ohio, where they have supported each other as their families have grown, and they're now working together to grow their shared hobby of interior design into a startup consulting business. It's the Love Living Here design company, and we're going to hear all about it today. So we'll explore their experiences together in business, and we'll also be sure to leave our listeners with some practical interior design and home remodeling tips and tricks. First, we have Laura Fryan, class of 2011. She hails from Titusville, Pennsylvania, which is not far from Grove City. She and her husband, Ray Fryan, also a Grove City graduate from the class of 2008, they now live just west of Canton, Ohio. And Laura is a contract lawyer by day. And together, they're raising their two kids, ages six and four, and also expecting a new addition to their family very soon. And I also have with me Aubrey Patton, class of 2010, who's originally from Philadelphia. And she and her husband, Jake Patton, who is another fellow GCC alum, uh, class of 2010, they live near the Fryan family, and they have three children, ages six, four, and five months. And Aubrey has been working in real estate since 2015. So ladies, thank you to both of you for joining me today on the podcast. I'm so excited to talk with you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're so excited to be here. I want to jump right in and just let our listeners know first what brought you to Grove City College and what you studied here. Um, Laura, how about we start with you? Well, my older sister went to Grove City College and my younger sister as well. But when my older sister was at Grove City first, I obviously visited her a lot. And my hometown is pretty close to Grove City. So I loved everything about the college whenever I visited. Coupled with being close to home, it was kind of a natural fit. I was a poli-sci major when I was here, which was, you know, kind of a naturally led to law school, but I really enjoyed my time there. And one thing that I also did was communications and accounting while I was there, which I really ended up liking a lot too. Oh, that's great. And how about you, Aubrey? So I went to a smaller Christian high school outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and it's kind of funny because so many of the upperclassmen ended up going to Grove City College, and to be honest, that's something I didn't want to do. I decided I was like, okay, I'm going to do something completely different. I'm going to go down south. I'm going to go to a bigger school, but I want to visit Grove City just to kind of rule it out (laughs) at that point, (laughs) Um, and of course, As it would go, I went up for my interview, I got to tour the campus, and honestly, like, 100% changed my mind. I just knew as soon as I was there, I just had that feeling, and it just felt like home to me. So then I ended up majoring in communication studies, and then I minored in business as well. 
So you two may have had some classes together since you both looked at communications and studied that. But I do understand also that you met one another on the track team. Would you tell me some about that? Yeah, so we did. We ended up meeting on the track team. I was a sophomore. Lara was a freshman. And yeah, we bonded over long runs and track meets. And it's actually really neat to look back because we ended up getting very close with two other girls on the team too. And we've definitely retained our friendship over the years. We've been in each other's weddings. We still stay in touch. And it's just really neat to kind of see these lifelong friendships that have taken root at Grove City. You both met and married fellow Grovers, as we said in the introduction. They both happen to be from the same general area in Ohio. You've now wound up there doing life with one another and helping each other raise your children and just being a support to each other. Tell me a little bit more about how that's been to sort of transplant that community you had at Grove City to where you live now and how does it impact your daily lives? Yeah, it was just so funny because our husbands were both involved in Greek life at Grove City, so they knew each other. It was <laughs> so awesome that we, you know, married these two guys who knew each other, liked each other, and then, you know, we all moved back to Ohio and it was interesting because it was the first time that I had moved away from home you know, Grove City being close to where I grew up, but, you know, it didn't seem very far away. So it wasn't a crazy thing to go off to college. But then when, when we both got married and moved to Ohio, that was a big deal. And Aubrey was besides family, you know, the only person I really knew. And it's been wonderful because there are lots of Grove City grads in general here in the Northeast Ohio area, but obviously the best part has been, you know, living near uh, Jake and Aubrey and, you know, just developing our friendship even more with them throughout the years and our first children, our sons, our oldest sons are only a month apart. Our second two children are each seven months and going to be seven months apart almost exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's also wonderful when you have another couple like that, that is in the same stages of life that you are and you're kind of going through the same things. And I think that that definitely um, helped with the birth of our business <laughs> as well, mm -hmm. um, because it's sort of a natural fit for us because we are already best friends. And then, you know, we're kind of doing life together over here in Ohio in the same stages. Yeah, I think there's definitely something to be said for just proximity. It's so great to like continue these friendships that you've made in college, but a lot of times they are long distance and you're really not seeing people for years and years. So it's been really nice just to have that proximity factor where we really can just like pop over to each other's homes and we can get our kids together and we can hang out as families. Um, it's just really special. And I think it's a really unique situation that came out of it. It follows that you have shared a lot about your homes with each other. So I know mm -hmm. that you both purchased starter homes when you moved there and got married and were getting settled. Is that kind of what led to this mutual interest that you have as far as doing house projects together or looking at design and looking at remodeling and things like that? Yeah, I think Lara and I both have always kind of had that bent towards 
Loving design and home decor, our love for DIY didn't start until we had homes of our own. And I think too, I can say safely that most people's first homes are not their dream homes by any means. I know when my husband and I purchased our first home, it was like this cute little 1940s home. It had a lot of character, but at the same time, there were a lot of things that just were dated. They weren't our taste. And you know, at the time, not having kids, we really just kind of like dove in with both hands. We taught ourselves a lot of things, did a lot of like YouTube tutorials and blog posts and just kind of like learned along the way how to do projects. Um, our first big project was painting our kitchen cabinets, which I feel like was not for the faint of heart whatsoever. But it was kind of addicting once we started because then we could see like, okay, we don't need to hire someone. We don't need to spend a ton of money to make our home a place that we love. It's something that we can do ourselves. So I feel like that's that's kind of where this whole like DIY passion came from. Yeah, and just like Aubrey said, quickly realizing that there are a lot of things that you can do around your house, even if it's just paint. Like anyone who follows our Instagram account knows that we love talking about paint and paint mm -hmm. colors because that's obviously one of the easiest DIY projects that you can do, especially in our first home. I did a lot of painting because I realized how much of a difference just even paint could make. And then, you know, like Aubrey <laughs> used the term, it kind of gets addicting when you realize that you can do things around your house for yourself, you know, even if you're on a limited budget or it's your first house and it's not exactly your dream house. And now you mentioned Instagram too. So you're doing projects together. You've had some successes. You have this obvious hobby, this interest. And then you decided to create an Instagram account for your efforts at, at doing house projects and remodeling and that kind of thing. So in 2020, um, you started putting some of your own projects out there for other people to see. So how did that process unfold? Being an attorney... I use my left brain all day long. And after a lot of years in the practice of law, I just really felt this need for more of a creative outlet. And I thought, well, you know, we follow all these people on Instagram and Aubrey and I would always like share things with each other on Instagram and send each other posts and, oh, do you follow this person? See what this person did. And I realized that that's something that we could do too. And in January of 2020, right before the pandemic hit, we got together and we talked about starting an account and sharing home projects because at that point in time, both of us had moved out of our initial starter houses into houses that were more of, you know, maybe not an absolute dream home, but houses that, you know, we really wanted to be in more long term. So it was kind of a natural progression point. So I pitched the idea of this Instagram account and Aubrey's great because she was totally on board and loved the idea. And then obviously COVID hit in March of that year. And, you know, us included had so much more time at home, much more time to do projects. And at that point in time, it was in the summertime of that year that we got together again and we said, 
let's do this. The first Monday in October, we set that as our deadline date for that's the day we are going to go live. We wanted to do things right. We didn't just want to sort of jump in and kind of just like figure it out as you go, which happens anyways. But we wanted to try and set ourselves up for success, at least what limited things we thought it was going to be in our mind at the time. We had about three months where we learned to shoot a DSLR camera in manual mode, which is key for taking really good interior design photos. We built our own website. We thought of a name for our Instagram account and did everything that we needed to do to get ready to go live, including recording content ahead of time so that we would have things to post. It it was overwhelming the response that we received even when we started posting and the only followers that we had were (laughs) friends and family. We immediately connected with other accounts on Instagram, building our own community of other influencers, which is definitely key to success in the Instagram world. And then in early 2021 was when we launched our design business officially, and that's when we also had one of our Instagram reels go viral, and our follower count really started to grow at that point in time. So that's when you really kind of thought to yourself, hmm, maybe maybe this could become more than just a hobby that we share with one another, you know, sharing photos back and forth of your projects. But now you're thinking, we're going to put ourselves out here and let the world see what we're doing and and see what happens from there. I think there was definitely that period of time where it was kind of surreal because, you know, we put so much time and and thought into it before we actually started. And then, okay, finally, we're like, we're live. And it was just that feeling of, wow, like we are actually doing this. I think that coupled with what Laura said, we really wanted to do things right. We wanted to teach ourselves to create content that looked professional. We also created a website at the time too, just to kind of use as like a landing pad for our followers. It began to feel like second nature. And I think that's when it really felt like, okay, we can do this. But I think there was that initial feeling of like, wow, we're actually in this and we're doing it. And it was kind of surreal at first. How did you get to the place where you thought, gosh, we're going to launch this into a real business where we're consulting with people and offering the expertise that we've grown and developed because of all the things you've taught yourself over these years? How did that all come about? It really wasn't something that we even considered in the beginning. We never started out thinking, oh, yeah, we're going to offer our services outside our own homes. In early 2021, one of our local followers reached out to us and asked us, do you do this in other people's homes? We basically jumped at the chance to go to their home and see what they needed. And it was very helpful because we had connected with a few other Instagram accounts that also did design services similar to what this client was asking for. We reached out to one of those fellow Instagram influencers and they got on a call with us and told us all about what they do, what they bring, you know, how they interact with the client and everything, because we didn't really know what we were doing or getting into. So they really helped us out a lot. 
Once we did one project for that local follower, we were totally hooked. And we thought we can definitely do this for other people too. So it was kind of a little bit of an accident, but it was a happy accident because that was sort of the next organic step in our growth. It was also great because it helped us with uh, content as well for Instagram. And then we started um, sharing more about our design services and taking on other clients. And then we started doing virtual clients as well as in-person clients. It's been great ever since. I'm so glad we jumped on that first opportunity. When you have this account that you've added content to and you've shared with friends and family and you're, you're watching some of it take off, you told me that you had 2 million views on this particular reel that you did. What was the project that you were showcasing then? And then how did that sort of change things for your business? Yeah, it was so wild <laughs> when it all went down. So it was actually a reel that Lara had posted and it was paint hack tutorial of sorts. And it was basically to like give you the visual, how to get a very crisp line when painting a color block wall. It was a great video. I think we both would say it wasn't anything spectacular. Like it wasn't something that you would expect to turn into a viral reel. And then I don't think it was until about a week later that all of a sudden it like snowballed and we kept getting more and more followers and more and more views. And like we were at the point where we would open up our Instagram account and our following count would jump up by thousands daily. Wow. And it was just such a crazy thing to see because, you know, with the content that we put out, obviously we're putting out content to be helpful, to be useful, some entertainment as well. But I don't think either of us expected that to jump and be such a big hit. Yeah, is the the jump in follower count really pushed us into the realm where we could do more brand collaborations. We did a few when we only had a thousand or so followers, but then as we grew in our follower count has really helped us to be able to connect with more and more brands. So that's an interesting side of Instagram influencing because you're in marketing basically and you're marketing products for brands. But it's been a great experience. I think both of us have really, really enjoyed that part of our business as well. We have more to come, but we are going to take just a very quick commercial break. So we'll be right back. The Grove City College Alumni Office wants to know the best way to contact you and the most recent changes in your life. Edit your alumni profile at alumni.gcc.edu slash update. This includes your home and work address, your last name, if recently married, and your email address and much more. By keeping the college updated, the online alumni directory allows you to stay in touch with classmates, find fraternity brothers or sorority sisters, and locate alumni in your region or area of expertise. You can use the alumni directory at alumni.gcc.edu slash alumni directory. Thank you for keeping in touch. Welcome back to the Mid the Pines podcast. Today, my guests are Laura Fryan and Aubrey Patton, and we've been discussing home design, home interiors, and the business that they launched kind of by accident. 
they also are coming up on two years of being in business together. And we want to kind of explore with them a little bit about what services they're offering. What are they doing these days for their clients? Aubrey, how about you um, start with that and tell us where your business is heading these days? Sure. So we do two different kinds of consulting. We do in-person consulting in the Northeast Ohio area. We try to stay within about a radius of an hour from our home base here in Maslin, Ohio. But then we also do virtual consulting as well. And that has been so neat because I feel like that's given us the opportunity to meet people that we never would have had the opportunity to meet otherwise. We've done virtual consultations with uh, clients across the country. We've had someone from Texas, someone even in Canada, and it's just been a really neat opportunity to extend our business that way. The business has evolved over time, but it's definitely client-driven, right? Whatever they need or want. For example, this summer, we had a local client reach out and she was just having trouble styling things in their new home and she wanted to put pictures on the wall and she had everything to do that but she was just wanted help putting it all together so we actually had a blast over at her house we arranged some art in a couple different gallery walls we styled some shelves for her and that was a really fun project our services definitely sort of span a wide range for whatever our clients need, but it's been really fun to meet with people in person and virtually and discover how we can help them and customize a design, you know, that fits their their needs and their preferences and, and also kind of put our own spin on it as well. It would seem like uh, there's there's no day like another. Uh, you just have such a diversity of projects and people uh, that you're tackling, uh, and that's kind of kind of very much like you know being a mom and being um, a professional in the other realms that you work in too. I know Lori, you're a lawyer, and Aubrey, you're in real estate, but you do have these families on the side too. What are the plans for the future of the Love Living Here design business? given factors like growing families and having these other jobs that you're already committed to? I feel like we're in a really good place right now because even just the first couple projects or even the first year, we were sort of in this initial learning curve or ramp up phase. We were essentially, you know, starting a whole new segment of our business. We are doing the Instagram thing and then building this business and uh, lots of time and energy went into that at the beginning of this year we did a whole brand refresh with um, a person who does professional branding we had somebody assist us with completely overhauling our website and we put significant resources into our business because it's just something that we love and we wanted to do that so that was a great investment that we made that I think has definitely paid off this year. But it's been great because I feel like we're at a place now where instead of trying to put in all the foundational pieces together, we have those. We're kind of in this uh, maintenance phase, if you will. We're really satisfied with where we are right now and the clients that we have and how our business is growing. And it's been wonderful because it definitely um, flexes, right, with our 
families and juggling everything and has allowed us to sort of just see where things go and take things one step at a time. This is not our primary source of income. So that's actually been a good thing because it has allowed us to just see where our business goes naturally and it has allowed us to just grow organically and it just fits into our lifestyle. It it feels really good to be in the place that we're in right now. Yeah, I think kind of this overarching theme that we've seen with beginning our Instagram account and then creating a website and then creating a business and moving into brand collaborations is just this idea of organic growth. A lot of these things weren't ideas we had in our minds that we set out to do. We didn't say, hey, we're going to start a business. Let's do it. It was just something that kind of dominoed into our laps in a way. And so that makes me very excited for the future because it's kind of like there's just been this organic growth and it's like, well, let's just see what's going to come next. And it's just really fun that we get to do it together too. Right. I was going to say that must be one of the best parts of all of it is just doing it with with mm-hmm. a best friend who uh, shares your vision and your passion for what you're what you're attempting to do and um, just seeing the benefits and the blessings of that. Um, you know, with each client that you complete and uh, the job well done that you get, you know, from them just must be exciting and, and so cool Mm -hmm. to share. So I think that's wonderful. And speaking of sharing, we did promise our listeners um, that you would share some of your top three pieces of advice for anyone who is considering doing some sort of new project in their home, whether it's a small thing or a big thing. But um, we definitely want to give you a chance to share maybe your, your top you know, three tips and tricks for um, what people should think about or how they should um, approach um, a new project. So this might sound like a simple thing, but at Love Living Here, we are very big on paint. We love all things paint. We love talking about, about paint. We love painting. And we will say that painting is definitely the number one most budget-friendly way to make an impact in your home, whether you're painting the walls, you're painting your cabinets, you're painting furniture. It just goes such a long way. So we are very big proponents of paint. Um, And I will say too, we always encourage lots of samples. I think everyone knows that paint looks so very different in different lights and different rooms with different fixtures, different flooring. So we are very big on getting as many samples as you need to find that perfect paint shade. My main tip would be to live in a space before you decide to embark on a large remodeling project. For example, we've lived in our house for six years almost now, and we are just now kind of embarking on the beginning stages of a kitchen renovation. And I have found that it has been very helpful to just live in the space. And even though I don't, I've never loved the countertops and the cabinets and everything, it has been very helpful because I see inspiration and I have an idea of what I want, but that has changed over time. And I can definitely say now that after uh, living in the space and understanding, okay, we would definitely need a cabinet here. 
for dishes and we want a place for our appliances, being able to see yourself in the space and living with it day after day helps you make better design decisions. And one step that we already took is we got new floors this summer and we ripped out our old island and we had lived in the space long enough to know that we wanted to replace it with a very specific type of island. And it was very rewarding because I drew up those design plans and we actually just executed on them a couple weeks ago and basically built the island of my dreams. But I don't know that I would have had that vision for how I wanted the island to look and how much seating we needed for our family until recently. But it's only because we lived in the space for a time before. So before you really dive into a large project, make sure you really understand what you need and want in that project. But that's also where designers can help you with those types of things too. So I'm going to piggyback a little bit off of that idea of living in a space, but taking it more to a level of taking your time and not feeling overwhelmed by decisions. We have clients all the time ask us, so we'll go into their homes and they might be looking for new floors or um, a new fixture. And then it'll kind of spiral into like, oh, but should I also change this? Should I get new window treatments? Should I uh, do a new fireplace mantle? all these questions. And I feel like that's when people start to get overwhelmed, when they feel like they have to make all these decisions at once. And so we like to say, just take your time, like maybe change the floors out first, live with it for a bit, and then reevaluate then and see if we need to then change fixtures elsewhere in the home. How often when you're working with a client, do you actually steer them towards something that's different from what they were originally considering? Or do you often find that you're validating what it is they were already thinking and just maybe giving them some practical ways to implement that thing? I think what we bring to the table is things that maybe our clients haven't ever thought of. So it might not be something that's necessarily contrary to what they were thinking, but it's a different way of looking at the space or an item or something like that. And that's the type of perspective that we can bring because, you know, uh, speaking for both of us, um, you know, we live in the world of paint colors and tile and all those kinds of finishes and, you know, putting those ideas together in a room. So really, I think when you hire us or any designer, we are able to kind of see a bigger picture maybe than our clients um, initially had in mind or just different ideas that they hadn't thought of. But we definitely consider designed to be a two-way street, you know, where we're also learning about what our clients prefer, what they like. One of the biggest questions that I always ask our clients when we meet with them is, you know, whether we're talking about finishes and decor in a room or paint colors is, what don't you like? Do you hate 
fake trees, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? Or do you hate the color blue? Oftentimes you can tell so much from their style just by learning about what they don't like. And that really helps us put together, you know, something for them that makes sense and give them ideas that they maybe hadn't have even thought about. I think that's a fantastic way to to look at it as a two-way street. You're there to sort of come alongside, offer a new perspective to really hear and listen to them and what they want. I mean, that's true consulting. It's where you hear and listen for what the problems are and what their preferences are, and then uh, bring some solutions to light. Um, we do want to make sure that our listeners know how they can check out your business. Definitely. Our Instagram handle is love living here. And our website is lovelivinghereco.com. And on our website, you know, it's great to look at our Instagram handle because you can get a flavor for uh, the projects that we do in our own homes and kind of our style. And then on our website, redesign that we did earlier this year was very focused on uh, what our prospective client would want to know about us and our design services. So on our website, you can find all that information. And there is a page that details kind of all of our different services that we do. And you can contact us uh, through our website or, you know, send us a message on Instagram too. I'm sure that you're going to be getting several inquiries from fellow Grove City alums who are intrigued by uh, what you're accomplishing and what you have to offer. And if they're anything like me, they have about 12 projects written on a little piece of paper somewhere in their house that uh, they just would love some help with. So just to kind of wrap things up with us, um, I would like to ask, um, Aubrey, what piece of advice would you share with anyone who's considering turning something that's been a hobby the, having them turn that into a business, what what does it take? What would be um, any advice you could give them to consider? I think we all have the tendency, and I could maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but I think we have a bent towards this to overanalyze next steps in our lives. And of course, it's important to evaluate where we're going in the future, have wisdom, make make good decisions. But I think, especially speaking from experience with Laura and I, when we were kind of pitching this idea to each other. Uh, about the Instagram account. And then when we actually started the business, there was a period of like, okay, let's get our ducks in a row. Let's get this figured out. Let's be prepared. But at the same time, I think there was this element of like, okay, we need to just stop thinking about it and just take the next step and just do it. I think it's easy to get caught up in the what ifs and what if this doesn't work? What if we fail? But I think it's just so important to garner all the information you can make educated moves forward and just kind of let it play out. And in our case, we've obviously had a lot of success with that. And I think a lot of things weren't necessarily in our control. Like I said, it just kind of dominoed into something that became successful. And I would say too, if something is your hobby and something is your passion, it's already a very integral part of your life. And it's something that you're already doing and something that you're passionate about usually plays out a lot easier rather than trying to force something. So I think that's also very helpful when trying to dig deeper into something and create a business when it's something that you're already so passionate about. Yeah, the best thing you can do is just take little baby steps towards something that you feel you want to do. 
Like, for example, you know, when I first talked about, I really felt this need to, to have a creative outlet, you know, I, I didn't have this grand vision of what that looked like, but what it did look like was little steps, right? Starting an Instagram account, just starting one was a small step. It's led us to amazing things that if you had told me two years ago, you know, where we are now, I would be like, that's crazy. <laughs> so little steps at a time, you know, can can really help you make the right decisions and figure out what you want to do next. And then before you know it, um, it turns into something that you hadn't even thought of in the beginning. Well, it's been such a real pleasure to sit with both of you and and just learn more about your business and more about how it's grown from just the very humble beginnings of of enjoying this hobby together and now having clients that you're assisting. So Aubrey and Laura, it has been a joy. Thank you so much for sharing your insights about design and uh, becoming a business owner and just uh, life with a family and all of those great things. We appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you. We have a post-production note to share. We are happy to report that Laura Fryan has welcomed her third child since the recording of this podcast. Congratulations to the happy family. Thank you for listening to the Mid the Pines podcast. Explore more episodes at alumni.gcc.edu slash podcast. Our co-producers are Joni Baumgartner and Amy Evans. Research provided by Janice Zinsner Inman, class of 1987. Audio editing is provided by Jennifer Hiles. Our theme music is Home, courtesy of the family of the late David M. Bailey, class of 1988. Contact us at alumni at gcc.edu for more information. We hope you'll join us again, Mid the Pines.